Ah, uh, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 180, I was very privileged to have a Marvin McCarthy on the podcast. He is a comedian with over 1,500 stage appearances, as well as a promoter. Uh, he, uh, he is a promoter of instant laughs, with something he produced and made himself. I have to to say very interesting fellow indeed uh we talked about many things how he got into comedy uh, uh what he does to help uh get his reps in for the comedy and yeah a little bit of self-development uh got to say enjoy this company enjoy the conversation and yeah uh yeah uh, not, a not more else I can say to that. So please enjoy the show subscribe to the channel and yeah have an awesome day yeah peace <laughs> oh, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode <laughs> 180. You know what? That's an excellent term for like a game where you need to throw things at a board in a pub. Well, <laughs> I am very lucky to have a Marvin McCarthy. Mar Marvin uh, McCarthy. God damn, I don't know why I got the name wrong, but that's another story. He is a comedian. He is a promoter. He, how can I put it? He has seen, he has seen the world in the realms of comedy. 1500, 1500 gigs and counting that he knows of. Marvin, how are you? Apart from me getting your name wrong. How are you doing? I am absolutely shattered by you getting that. It, it's <laughs> it's broken my heart, man. I I can't. I, I'm gonna cry for the whole of the podcast, man. No, <laughs> well, go with it and weep. That's what I say. Go with it and weep. <laughs> but it's no. It's, it, thank you for having me on here. I'm I'm very well. I'm enjoying the lovely British weather. Um, I'm having fun doing some work, and that's all I can say. <laughs> And look, you know what? Hey, all I can say right now, it's overcast in London town, but it's not raining. For the summer we've had this year, it has ha, been awful, <laughs> to say the least, you know? Well, I'm, I would say one thing. Football was almost coming home. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. You're a football fan, are you? I, I, no, no. I can appreciate football as a sport. I, I mean, I'm an Englishman, English, Irish, and Chinese. And, you know, if England do well, I'm happy for them. But I'd say that my main sports are probably tennis. Yeah. Probably tennis. Nice, nice. Ah, so you've been watching, like, what was the last one? It was, no, it wasn't the US Open. No, it was the US Open. You've been watching, like, did you watch any of that? How did that go down? Well, it's funny that you say that because that is the next tournament coming up, big tournament ah, coming up. So, yeah. more or less, right. Uh, I mean, You've got the main competitors, they've all, like, Djokovic is the big man, he's the one that's winning all the tournaments, uh, but all the his main challengers, like Thiem, Nadal and Fedra, they're all injured, so it's it's gonna, it's interesting. I hope he doesn't win the calendar Grand Slam, because that's a bit too much, but I want to see a bit of, I want to see some of the young'uns knock him out. Not, phys not literally, but I want to see him get beat. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Like, this is the thing. I would say right now, um, I think they've got, like, the old guard have got about three more years, and then, like, it's going to start to switch over. Me think. Uh, I think 
Federer and Nadal probably have only got one more year left because they their bodies are breaking down. But I think Djokovic, I'd say a bit less than three, maybe two two years. Okay, two years, two years. You can do a lot in two years. Uh, you can do a, quite a lot in two years. So look at I, COVID. No, I, I, boy, I shouldn't have said that. Not, don't be saying that out loud. Like you'll, like you'll bring down, like bring it all down. Delete that. Delete that. <laughs> no, enough of that. But like, this is the thing. You, sir, have been. How can I say? You have been doing the long road, fifteen hundred gigs that you know of, and counting. Like, whoa! How did you get into the realms of comedy? Uh, it was a local university newspaper. Um, they. Um, did the comedy gig and I always was the funny one in my group and I always um yeah I was always wanting to do it and I just didn't find a way to do it and then when I saw something that was my gateway into it mm-hmm. like boom that was it and ever since I did my first gig and it definitely beginners luck definitely exists with it and I did like my first gig it went reasonably well okay and ever since then I've not really looked back you haven't really looked back. So, like, this is the thing. When, like, can you still remember, like, it's been 1,500 gigs. Where was, like, where was the first place you went, okay, yeah, this is, like, this is for me. Bam, comedy was the, like, my life bug, as they say. That's a good question. Uh, I'd say, what, I'd say, ah, the first really gig where I stormed it. When you when you get that uh, feeling, it, it's just a very intoxicating feeling. Like you can have whatever bad day before, you could have anything bad happen. But mm-hmm. when you're in the moment and you do, you really storm a comedy gig. That is, there's no feeling like it. It that and I, that was I think in my sixth or seventh gig, it, and it wasn't for any jokes or anything. I just I, I had a very strange day at work. I came on on stage straight up completely all over the place but even though i wasn't the right mindset i just completely killed and that feeling eve i just was amazing and i, I yeah it, there's nothing better nothing better like this is the thing i like i would imagine with the realms of comedy <laughs> because you're out there like basically by yourself you don't really have anyone there with you it is one of those it's one of those performances which is how can i put it truly sort of naked in a way because it's like yeah you live and die on that stage all by yourself it's not like you've got music to like mask you 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 don't have like a group or ensemble group most of the times it's just you the mic and the crowd would you say that's correct or would you say it's something else for you but in some 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 dub- i mean if you're a sketch group or if you're double like maybe not the case and then there's there's some comedians who are festival based comedians and they have a lot of tech people that they work with like there's a famous comedy troupe called zach and vigo and they've got their own tech guy who goes to them to each gig yeah uh, jonathan woolley so they're technically never alone but uh for the most part it is mostly it is a bit like being a boxer out there isn't it and you're taking the audience on we're not necessarily battling them, but it's it's always just you and the audience. And a lot of the times, if it doesn't go well, it is your fault. It's very few instances where it there's nothing you can do about it. 
All right. So basically, you'd say it's kind of like sparring. And like basically, you're just trying to land those sort of key sort of blows to like improve your skills. And then, hey, boom, hit that right comedy note to, as you say, kill. Yes. And a, and a bit like it's a bit like like playing a guitar or something. And well, I've never played a guitar, but or singing that right note in, in singing. Mm. So with that, like, OK, with that you like with comedy at this present time like what would you say has been like like your highs and lows with regards to the realms of comedy because hey we've had 16 months of a hard time sort of getting out getting out on the comedy circuit or basically yeah being able to get out there and practice you know what i mean keep yourself in shape so i mean in all honesty the biggest low I'd say in this pandemic, I mean, like the biggest lows and, and the highs of it is like getting back gigging again. Mm. For most of the comics, if you ask a lot of them now, it's, it's we're just so happy to be back on stage, especially in in, in UK, of course. Yeah, we love doing. And the worst thing is having that all taken away from you straight away mm. during the start of the pandemic. Yeah, no, I hear that because yeah, it's one of those things where like. I've listened to sort of comic uh, like documentaries and like basically listened to podcasts with regards to other comics as well. Uh, the one of the hardest things I would say maybe for like during the time, like last, well, excuse me, 16 months is not being able to get your sort of reps in, keep yourself sharp and like, yeah, get those news, like bringing together new bits and material. Um. Yeah, yeah, because there's no, there's no, um, there's no goal. So a lot of comics like w w weren't too sure what to do in themselves. Mm -hmm. or, or, like, because normally a lot of comics they go for Edinburgh because they want to get a big ginormous review. Yeah, they want to do five tens and they want to storm it in these big clubs. Uh, they want to do well in this comedy competition, that comedy competition, and then get signed and then be on TV, be famous, be Sean Locke, Bill Bailey, or you know, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, so how have you been keeping yourself at sharp? How have you been like keeping yourself going over the like last period of time? Uh, porn. No, I should have said that. I should ah. have said that. I like, not... look, hey, man, look, you know, <laughs> right? if that's your thing, that's your thing. <laughs> it's like I'm, I now I... understand why you wear glasses. Okay, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you've got to shield yourself, isn't it? Well, no. <laughs> like, shield yourself, like, look, all I've got to say, my friend, is there's a reason why you might have deteriorating eyesight. Let's say no more. I can ruin bright Oh, it's always been bad. And a good time. <laughs> I wear it without the, the glasses if it helps. Hey, man, look, look, whatever makes you feel comfortable does not make you comfortable right now. <laughs> no, I couldn't play the video on that. He got way too comfortable. What did you do? I, you know what? I, I, I tried to call, I, I tried to talk to him, tried maintaining eye contact. It just got a little bit too real. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of getting, getting, keeping going, um, I just think to, with regard to it, it's just, um well one of the things is doing the podcast like i had a lot of people it, it made me do the podcast like a lot of people recommended that i, I i'm quite an analytical person 
and I look at things in quite a deep way. And when people talk to me, they they notice that. And quite a few people suggested I started a podcast. So one of the things was building a podcast. I mean, it's a podcast that's steadily growing, and I love doing it. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things. And it gave me a chance to rethink things about what is truly important rather than because you get before that i mean i'd say i was a bit in the rat race in a way right. now i'm not really into that now i want to just do my own sort of path and journey and focus on what i'm doing but it's very difficult in comedy not to be distracted by what other people are doing around you yeah like this is the thing with regards to sort of comedy and well with regards to anything really if you're really going for it yourself getting distracted is the like can happen quite easily also i would say like yeah procrastination like not actually sort of getting started at all uh is another thing which it can be a factor so like now you're hard like you're going at 100 percent comedy all the way podcasts is that the like situation and how have you sort of like got no 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 how did you get started with the podcast i've got to ask that first because i there's a lot of things i've got brewing in my head but how did you get started with the podcast so i was in uh so the two things that sort of led to it i was in new york with a comic friend of mine and we were talking about comedy mm. and i was very analytical and i i i did something about what i said made a few comics suggested that you're very insightful and you should start a podcast. And then I did the same. I did a little, um, I went to a theater school in, in France and you'll laugh about this, but it's called a clown school. And it's not, it's not like Krusty the clown from the Simpsons or any of that. Um, but I was having a chat about performing arts and how, um, I was talking about, I think the greatest feeling is, you know, one of the biggest feelings is proving people wrong or having the big reward at the end when people don't believe in yourself or even doing something you can't think you can do yeah. is the best feeling in the world. And I, I said a lot of things like that and a few people suggested to it. And then when, and then the COVID hit and I had to come back to London and then I, I don't know, I thought about it because a lot of people were suggesting me to start a podcast. I thought, oh, why not? And so I started the podcast, just doing any old random crap, uh, having fun with it. And then and then I started doing weird hobbies. I had one of like um, pacifarianism, where they worship the giant spaghetti monster. I had one with, uh, what's his face, um, Knight, what's it called? American Jousting, where they, they joust like in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed someone who did Jediism. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, and then I started again moving on from that and I started doing a bit of comedy, did a bit of business stuff, uh, psychology, uh, like self actual you know, Tony Robbins sort of thing, and then fighters. And then it got, got sort of to a point this year where it gradually shifted more into comedy. Okay. And so now I call it as you could see there without my head, the comedian's paradise. Uh, so with like with the sort of like evolution of your like podcast, 
from jousters to like Jedi worshippers. Nah, there, there's always two, a master and an apprentice. But that's another story. But yeah, how like when like when did you sort of like oh yeah, comedy is this like thing? Is it a case of you interview comics or you just talk about comedy with say a partner in crime? Who knows? Uh, that might I might get a co-host on a podcast at some point. I, I who, who knows where it's going to go. Um, but no, I interview wide variety of people from the comedy world. So I interview people mm-hmm. across the globe, like different co- comedians. There, I interview promoters or comedy event organizers. Also, comedy. I haven't interviewed a comedy podcast yet, but I will do at some point. Uh, I interview uh, comedians, uh, clown acts, uh, theatre acts. Um, But within comedy, I also interview, I interviewed someone who is well known for interviewing comedian called John Fleming. He runs a very famous blog blog on the comedy circuit. Okay. festival organizers yeah anything sort of related to comedy but most importantly people who have an angle who have something unique to say on comedy that can help other comedians live life on their own terms and do their own thing Mm. rather than be a sheep well you know what everyone's a sheep at some time and we can also be wolves at others but yeah so what would you say you've learned from your sort of time doing like hey the comedy paradise um in paradise excuse me well i mean i've had i've had a you know in terms of picking the favorite guests and what i've learned most because i've had quite a handful of people that have been absolutely amazing and it's amazing who you can get if you just ask you never know who you're gonna get but um so one of the ones with i, I can i'll break it down in a list so okay. ravi jago pal he's a digital marketer Yes. And one of the biggest lessons I learned from him was says when you fight like if you're trying to drill oil. Oh, can like, you, one moment, my friend. Every time you put your hands down, it bangs and it comes through. Just like so we don't like, so people don't miss out in anything you say. Okay. Well, I like, put my hands there. No, no, it's no, it's okay. It's okay. Like there'll be a bunch of burly men who will come in and strap your hands down any second now. It's okay. Okay. Oh, they're here. It was a, mm, was like, <laughs> I didn't pay them yet. Okay. <laughs> no, carry on. I'll sorry. pay them later. No. <laughs> but the the thing is, he says. So when you're finding oil, yeah, you you find a place where it is, and you drill deeper. You don't just drill in ten different places. So like finding your niche and then capitalizing on it. You right. can have many, do many different things, but you find your niche and then focus on that and capitalizing it. And that's one of the reasons why I changed the podcast from being Marvin's World World Review, like inspirational people who've done their own thing, to being comedians, because then it's a distinct audience for the podcast mm-hmm. and focus on a particular topic rather than all over the place. Yeah, I see. And like basically with like with the like interviews for the podcast, uh like, with like how have you been finding it? What have like sort of some people been saying about yeah, their sort of like comedic experiences, their sort of growth uh over like say the last five years or where they want to sort of go? Is there been a common theme or has it been kind of different? 
Well, as I I try and interview in each episode someone different angle. Yeah. So it gets a bit. One of the things with the podcast is I used to produce a lot more, like two, three times a week, but now because it's very specific in the angle and of who the audience is, what the topic is, mm-hmm. it's a bit harder to get guests. So I pick each one with an angle. So like one week I had one who won an Edinburgh Malcolm Hardy Fringe Award. Uh, then another one I had a guy who set up Malaysia's first full-time comedy club. Nice. And he's now in a pandemic to adapt. They're making a like a Pizza Hut delivery service. But don't tell him I said that because he he, he, he says it's an insult to the quality of pizzas he makes. <laughs> okay. It's like comedy to pizza. Hey, whatever. However you can survive is however you can survive. Yay. It's what he's done. And he puts comedy clips on, like little clips with it. Yeah. And he gives it funny names. So, like, you see the um, garlic dobos and Pizza Express. Okay, yeah. He calls it Ollie's Greasy Balls. And he gives it funny nicknames. So, um, like, uh, Meatball uh, Pizza number, number Three. Meatball Pizza Number Three. <laughs> All sorts of, like, um, uh, Hanan's d- uh, Dirty Little Secret. Uh, <laughs> Like if he doesn't have on his menu uh, suck on my chocolate salty balls, I will be like disappointed. I'll, I'll ask him as a personal request. Yeah, like look, hey, yeah, and you you do know the song, do you? What song is it? Suck on my chocolate salty balls. I, I see. I've seen. I've seen the chase with Bradley Walsh where he, he's being tipped up with a few innuendos, but I've not seen that. No. Oh, you see, you got to watch some early South Park, my friend. Early South Park. Like, basically, yeah, Chef basically sing. it's one of his songs. It's like, yeah, you go, suck on my chocolate, sorry, balls. Put in your mouth and suck them. Oh, you, I haven't, no, oh. Ah, uh, singing the song to to the, all the people listening. Hey, <laughs> hey, South Park, man, South Park is a classic. Ah, oh. oh, I, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I saw the Saddam Hussein one and the Devil one. Yeah, but I never got into. It. I did like a few bits of it. I was, I, you know, I, I watched Pokemon. I watched Digimon. I watched um, the Simpsons, of course. I watched In Between Us, and I watched Skins. Yeah. But... No South Park. Okay, that's some comedy gold right there, I would say. Uh, yeah. So with that, like <laughs> interviewing a guy in was it Malaysia or the Philippines? Malaysia. Malaysia, who now has a pizza restaurant attached to his comedy club. Like would like I would say that most really is one of the most interesting people you most really interview uh that you have interviewed is it a case of now you're just looking for more people to interview or are you just like kind of like hey not you, let's see where the wind takes me no 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 it has to be over a specific thing i mean i don't i mean the thing is one thing i've noticed and you probably noticed as well you have a lot of cool people you have your audience but you're also gonna the people that don't like you will probably listen to everything you do more than anyone else hey that. But and I say, I say, keep on listening. 
but the thing, no, no it, it's it's people who have an interesting viewpoint to play because I want to get better as a comic, right? And I want, I want if if the people who are listening to the podcast that I run share the same sort of values and interests of what I do, I can help you go on the journey as well. Be a better comic and do it in your own terms. Yeah, because this is the thing. When I hear comedy podcasts, like um, Flagrance Two comes to mind. Um, oh God. Um, big mum, like uh, your mom's house, uh, two bears. Um, oh, why am I blanking on Tim Dillon? Uh, all of these guys come to mind, which is like a very sort of American centric, like lot. Uh, but it's like, yeah, they're kind of leading the way. And let's not forget about, yes, the one, the only uh, Joe Rogan uh, as well. Yeah. He's. I don't know how he, I don't know how he can do it. Talk for three hours. There must be a lot of bullshit in it to an extent because it's it's. Whenever I do a podcast, I've never had one go. The most I've had is do two two hours, but nearly all of them are like an hour or an hour and a half. Yeah, and I, think, I think he's got there because he had fame beforehand. But in terms of quality podcast comedy, I think there's a few that are a lot better than him. Like Mark Maron is better. Mm-hmm. Is um, the comedian's comedian Stuart Goldsmith, and there's a, there's a few new ones coming up. Like you got Have a Word in the UK with Adam Rowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got um, who else is a good comedy podcast? You're banging uh, again. Oh, <laughs> trigonometry. I, I have to keep away from the table. Trigonometry. Yeah, it's good. Okay, like this is the thing. Like I would say, with regards to sort of Joe Rogan, uh, yeah, he is one of the first people to sort of yeah hit that sort of podcasting realm. Uh, you could say he is one of the pioneers uh, with his conversations. I would say with the sort of like diverse or dynamic group of people he talks to on a regular basis. Um, yeah, I would say there are some podcasts where I agree with you. There, it's just. Uh, a lot of BS, a lot of bullshit, which comes into the fray. Uh, but yeah, there's quality there as well. Um, and yeah, and with other podcasts which are coming up, I would say, yeah, I think they're going to be a little bit more on point because, yeah, the sort of realm of podcasting, it's still in its, in its infancy, it's like only been about 10 years, but it's still like finding its way. It's like, even though, say, for example, YouTube, is been around the brand about the same amount of time actually podcasting has been around longer but youtube has developed and like it's developing and growing and like it's getting a lot more smoother more polished podcasting still got a little ways to go so yeah there's a lot of pioneers out there yeah i think um with joe rogan i I, i'm picky about the episodes if he has a good guest on then i go and listen to it right um yeah yeah i mean it is i do agree it is a fast emerging market but it's it's smaller than a lot of others in some ways like there's about i hear there's like a million podcasters but there's like a hundred like billions maybe no hundreds of millions of youtuber wannabes yeah like this is the thing what you've got to also remember out of those podcasts i'm like i'm not 100 percent sure when they say a million how many of them are truly active because like the sort of common thing for most podcasts is yeah five and done five episodes and there is no more because people like go it's a lot harder than they expected 
and yeah i i don't know who to talk to or what i'm like i have talked myself out you know and yeah they just do it because it sounds good and nice oh i could be famous i could do this but they don't the reason they don't keep at it is because there's no why or there's no reason the purpose of doing it. Why am I chatting to this bloke in the park? No, no. What? Why am I talking to this person? Why am I talking to that person? Like, what's the purpose of the podcast? Mm, yeah, and like this is a thing. Um, yeah, very true. Like, people don't know sometimes the reason why they're doing it, or they do have a why, but their why is very soft. Um, like strong whys are the things which draw you in. Like they like they produce their own gravity and basically help like pull you along week wise you have to drag them along you got to like pull it up the mountain you got to go along with it and yeah that there's going to be days where you're not going to be motivated to continue and it will fade away you know hmm. do, do you do you now with your podcast journey yeah you are there days where you feel a bit off i mean for for myself I had to scale it back a bit because it was getting a bit, I lost a bit of passion, excitement for it when I was doing it two or three times a week. And I've had to scale it down just to one times a week to keep that fun and excitement with it. Yeah. Like with regards to myself, like I enjoy this medium. The reason why I got into podcasting in the first place is like when, like when you're, no one tells you this, but when you're in your sort of like teenage years, they go, yeah, like adults come up to you and go, yeah, you best enjoy it. But you don't listen. You go like, yeah, we're going out. You go, yeah, we are legion. And there's a whole group of you like, and off you go. You hit your 20s, you go, we are legion. And you're like, oh, you hit your 30s, we are legion. And it's like, bro, look around, where, where are people gone? People are married, kids. It's like the numbers start to go down quite quickly. I'm in my 40s and it's like, we are legion. It's like, it's like mm, no, no, we're more like this crack group <laughs> which come together every now and then and off we go. But with that, as time goes on, and this is why people get more and more set in their ways, because you're having less and less conversations with new people, this is like, this is what leads to it like, uh, yeah. I am setting my ways with this. So in order for me to break that sort of habit, my why was, yes, I need to talk to as many new people as possible. And what's the best way of doing that? A podcast. I get I get to meet interesting people which are doing weird and wonderful new skilled things, like, like you're with yourself, 1,500, like, stand-up comedian, like, you know what I mean, appearances doing like your promotion as well, your podcast. And yeah, and I've like met people who have survived like like the big C, cancer. I've met people which have done oh, like extraordinary, simple, like, and yeah, out there things. Uh, so yeah, it's led to me like doing 180 shows with yourself right now. And I haven't lost in, like, I haven't really lost enthusiasm for it at all. Like, yeah, I'm still going strong. Uh, still putting out two episodes a week. So, yeah, it's cool. But, like, I understand if you need to scale it back, by all means, you've got to do it the way you do it. Two episodes for me. Some other people would just, like, if it was Tim Ferriss, it would just, like, seven episodes every week for, I think, three years. No stopping. 
I don't know how he's been able to do that. That's that. I mean, it's it's a bit it's incredible. But it's it's he. Yeah, his, I'm not going to say anymore. His podcast isn't for me. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. It's just not for. It's not my taste. It's like some like McDonald's, some like KFC, some like Burger King. Yeah, I'm more of a Burger King man. Yeah, but what like what is it not for you? Just like why why is Tim Ferriss not for you? So I had a friend who hooked me up with a couple of business podcasts mm-hmm. and I went in the train and I was listening. I was listening to quite a few during lockdown. So yeah. I listened to School of Greatness, um, Tom, I don't know how to say his name, Tom Billy or whatever his name is. He's uh, Billy, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Impact Fairy. Yeah. Yeah. His, um, Mark Maron, I listened to quite a bit. Uh, so a few list Joe Rogan ones, but not many. And then I listened to, yeah, I looked at Tim Ferriss and I looked at quite a few of them. I don't know, just it just didn't hit with me. Something about it just put me off. I didn't find it interesting. It just didn't, yeah, I just wasn't interested. Yeah, like this is the thing. Like that's the beauty of it. There are a number of other podcasts which, you know what I mean, must really hit the note for you. Uh, I, like the whole thing is, why were you listening to like business podcasts in the first place? That's my question to you. Well, I always found because I I admire the, the the I'm interested in that sort of doing things your own way, being your own boss. I like that, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of skills in business can be attributed in everything you're doing. A lot of doing your yeah being your own boss, running your own company, doing all those things, the things you can take in a lot of, the skills you learn in that, you can take in a lot of fields. Yeah, no, indeed. And like this is the thing, like starting your own business or starting something, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own business. Starting a project or endeavor, which yeah. is like you're trying to push yourself to new levels, is like always going to be a challenge. And sometimes, yeah, listening to people who've actually gone out there and done it, uh, can be a bit of inspiration like ho- hopefully inspiration not motivation motivation fades rather quickly yeah you have to have the intrinsic thing they're, they're like examples of what you can do and what yeah. you can learn from mm. and like this is the thing how did you like with you've done the comedy thing but like with regards to promotion what made you go yeah you know what i need to do a promotion like thing Oh, I wanted to get a hosting experience. And then it just went from there. So the best way for comedians and performers out there, you know, like you keep saying that you want to, you know, you're waiting to do this show of a theater or this place or that place, or you wait for this person to book you, whatever, just book your bloody self, Mm. your own show. And I spoke to a New York uh, comedy comedian has been going for years you know if a club doesn't book you just run a big show then do well and let them see put them on let them you know take matters into your own hands and that's why i did it with the host i wanted to take matters in my own hands nice nice and like with regards to being like what's the difference between being a host and a comedian what's really sort of stuck out to you well, being a comedian doesn't require any personality, but with a host, <laughs> on stage anyway. Oh, no, okay. uh, it's like, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh-huh. I'm kidding. coming I'm for kidding. you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, um, the, 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 you have to be a bit more 
the thing with hosting that's really good about it is that you've got to be very, very, I mean, you have to be it as a comedian, but it helps a lot because you have to be very in with the crowd. You're the first thing that the audience sees because if, if you're shit and bowed or awkward or whatever, it, it reflects the rest of the night. Yeah. A good host can make mediocre comics look very good, whilst a bad one will make even people like Michael McIntyre seem bad. Ah, I see. So you're mostly the key cog to the evening. Right. Would you say cog or spark to the evening? Yeah, I'd say spark and the thing that keeps it going. And also you got to sweep up dirt if someone doesn't do that well. Mm-hmm. No, that must be, whew, that's quite tough to say the least because like, yeah, you got to be at a certain level. To, and be able to read the crowd maybe a lot more uh, than the actual like comic who's coming on because they come up, they do their anything from 10 to 15 minute bit and then they're gone. Or is it longer than that? Oh, in America, it's 45. 45. Uh, and you get 20 as a feature. But in here, it's like open spot, five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 15, then 20. Okay. But um, yeah, no, what? What I said there in terms of comedians don't need personality. The thing is, uh, you can get you can you, with... backpedaling people, backpedaling hard. <laughs> oh no, some of them don't. But <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, the, the, the thing is, you can you don't have to be as good a performer as you need to be as a, as a host because there's no hideaway thing. Mm. Because if you're just on stage being a comedian, you can just write really good jokes and they can co- they can sometimes hide your performance skills or you can just hide behind them. Mm, mm. I see. There's a lot more, there's a, and there's a lot more comics that can be funny on stage, but they can't be hosts than the other. There's not, there's less that can do both. Okay. And a lot of comics, you're either better a performer or you're better a writer. Right. So which one is, which one would you say you're stronger at at this present time? Oh, the performing. Without a doubt. Ah. You're just like, yeah, oh, the performing. Bam. So is it a case of like, yeah, the performing. So are you going to work on your hosting skills to bring that up? Or is it a case of... If like if I went yeah gun like gun to your head and it's like you had to do something for the next say five years, would it be hosting or just performing? I know I think I have an idea of the answer, but yeah. No, producing shows where I do both. Mm. So with producing these shows, like where you're doing both host and performer, like no, I meant like it would be a be me just performing but right. I'll, I'll produce my own shows okay so you'll basically do sort of one man like one man shows like which you would like could put on in sort of edinburgh fringe and that type of situation yeah similar sort of thing okay uh, interesting interesting so with this like with your like promotion performing like is it a case of your sort of now where are you going to sort of take that? Because it's it's a huge challenge, to say the least. 
what doing their their own show well it's <laughs> this is a bit i'm i'm gonna this is a bit that I, i'm not gonna go into uh this is the one because it's 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 it is leading up to something but i don't want to say too much what it is so you've got something on the boil at this present time yeah it's something that i i'll i'll keep on the boil until i do it okay all right so is it going to be something i'm now like just have to probe a little is it going to be so it sounds like it's something which is coming within this year would i be right in saying that elements this year okay but, uh yeah i don't want to go too into it yeah. interesting interesting okay no one so we can definitely backpedal away from that no problem so with like with your secret project secret squirrel won't go into any further like <laughs> yeah so you've got that going on uh like it what type of like is there a case of you've got to get i uh, know no, no I'm, uh, now you see i'm i'm intrigued and i can just like oh i want to know but i, I can't i won't press it but no so with regards to yourself now like gone like you've gone through like the big band pandemic you've like yeah you're doing your podcast you've done the you're doing your promotion and everything like this is there going to be something else you're going to like want to like put into the mix obviously not the secret squirrel project but something else if if something comes along i am more than willing to take it because you never know in life that you may change it you hear so many stories and you know when you what i think you've seen those podcasts well louis howe and the people they meet there they're very inspirational yeah and they often say that they did one thing and then they sometimes and then they fell into something else mm -hmm. so i am open to that you know if something happens that i didn't expect i will take it provided yeah. it, it fits with my values and what i enjoy yeah, like ah, it's a shame. Like, have you seen Flagrants Two? Like, um, uh, Andrew Schwartz and his like buddy, Andrew Schwartz. He's yeah. he's uh, I've not seen that, but I have seen him perform live, and he is quite an incredible comedian. It's it was in the Comedy Cellar, and it's a weird system in the Comedy Cellar because you book the ticket online, okay, and then you pay it after the show right as you leave right yeah. and i find that a bit strange but i mean he was brilliant he was absolutely incredible he made some joke about <sighs> i'm not going to say the joke because but it he said something about a wall building a wall and then he said about who built it and then oh. you have to look into the bit itself but it was absolutely incredible he's he's amazing Wow. so like this is the thing like if there was sort of i would imagine five comedians you could interview like top tier talent which five would they be i wonder i'm interviewing a lot of incredible people that i admire and respect now and yeah. i am picky about who i pick they have to be you know they've got to have an angle they've got to have it point me to something that i haven't seen before they've got to have a story to tell they've got to be interesting and but i'm quite happy with what who i'm getting at the moment but the only thing that i would like is a few 
so who's who's a big hero of mine that's a big rags to riches i'll probably be interested to maybe get don ward on the podcast see i set up the comedy store in the uk yeah um i would be interested to look at yeah i mean just just some of the big ones in america but you know, I have to I have to give give them something because if they came on a podcast, they'll be doing me a favor because they've got all these big. I'd say probably I'd love to speak to Joe Rogan, find out how he. I I really like him as a person. Yeah, what he's done and achieved. But and I would like to. Oh no no no, him, uh, Joey Diaz, mm-hmm. he's absolutely hilarious. Um, who else is there? It's incredible. Yeah. I would like to interview yeah, some of the more wacky acts in the UK. So Milton Jones, I'd like Nina Conti. I could go on for ages, but it's not just comedy that I'm interested in, though. That's the thing, because I think you... Oh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, there's, there's, I think there's a lot you can learn from other people that aren't just in your own thing. Yeah, because like this is the thing. Like if I like if I could just interview anyone in comedy, like top tier talent, everything like this. Like if I had to pick five, like yeah, some people will come to mind. Like unfortunately, some have passed and some are still around, thankfully. But like yeah, like I would have said yeah, Robin Williams. Like if like yeah, if he was around still, I would be like yeah, definitely. Just like oh, like I I would have to just basically have to have some type of sedative to just like stop the pain from laughing uh like yeah like frig uh dave Chappelle, like eddie murphy um uh, yeah joey diaz yeah i love to like speak to him um and like oh what's the name what's the name um with like whitney whitney cummings i mean yeah like just to sort of like a right just to sort of get an idea like and beat on how they are, what makes them function, just to sort of peer underneath that hood to go, oh my God, this is the thing. What this I go, how the hell do you come up with these bits? How the hell does your comedy fire at the level it is? How do you keep the energy going? Like the love, the passion for it, you know? Come on. Well, I think a lot of once they get to a certain level, like Kevin Hart or Joe Rogan, they got a team of writers with them as well. So that makes it easier. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, definitely I'm fascinated by Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy. I would love to find out more about them. Yeah. And maybe Mitch Hedberg. Not Mitch Hedberg. I don't know that person. No, sorry. He wears sunglasses and he would look really high. Mm. He's he's really dour, so he's a bit like this. Vice is great if you want a million of something. You have to see him. I did not do the joke justice, but if you watch Mitch Hedberg, his delivery, his deadpan, it's just marvellous. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So... Oh, and Kevin Hart, because I admire his work ethic. He, he, the amount of work he puts in is incredible. And I'd love to see how much, how hard he works to get to where he is. Well, like this, um, there is a Netflix documentary 
uh, where he sort of goes into his sort of day-to-day and, like, you see his team. Um, they were just, um, oh, God, when he had the sort of, he was up to do the hosting for the Oscars. It was around about that time. And, yeah, the sort of, like, old tweet controversy uh, sort of, like, reared its head. So it was like, yeah, it was kind of an interesting sort of insight to what sort of drives him and like basically how he, how he basically gets his operation going. It's not, it's, how can I say, it? it's not a deep, deep dive because that would be getting into areas I'm sure which we like, okay. But it is uh, like quite a nice sort of, yeah, mid-range dive. In yeah. The middle. yeah. But like, yeah, with guys like that, you go, yeah, there's a team of writers and everything like this. It's true, there are, but like it's still to sort of get that drive and work ethic to sort of like, oh yeah, always producing, always like coming up with new material. It's always like it is a like one of those things. Where did where does that drive come from? Where does that challenge like bring them? It's an interesting point you've made that I mean Netflix is helping a lot. I mean, paying them what like 30, 40, 50 million to keep doing their specials i think definitely gets them going but i mean louis louis ck i mean i know he's i mean keep your daughters away but um and he used to he used to produce an hour and a half show every year yeah that was quite incredible but i think i know yeah i mean it if you look at it's an interesting thing when you talk about comedians and because what it is yeah it is incredible because i mean when you look at some of the boxers or mma fighters like conor mcgregor yeah he's definitely not putting the work in anymore he can lie to himself all he wants but like you could see before when he was winning he was very confident and he knew he put the work in now he is putting it on because he knows he's not putting the work in well like the whole thing is okay it's one of the things which I'd say helped Connor, but ruined Connor, like helped Connor the man, but ruined Connor the fighter, was when he got into ring with Mayweather. That sort of payday was so big, so extensive. It was like, right, there are reasons why you felt like you go into the ring and like you fight, fight, fight. It's like, yeah, put money in your pocket because it's the best way to do that, to provide for your family, to like then basically move yourself up. Maybe it's not just the financial, maybe it's getting the titles, but for Connor, when you hear his story about how, yes, he used to work, like he was trying to learn, become a plumber, be electrician and everything like this, is very sort of humble, like not, he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. But when that sort of finance element was gone and like he like, yeah, started selling his whiskey and stuff like this, became Connor the businessman, Connor the fighter basically sat down and it was like, yeah, as you say, he's like giving it all the chat, but he is definitely not the same guy, you know? I It would be interesting to see what, a, to- a prime level Conor McGregor would do against someone like Khabib because this one that's coming up, he, he is, he, he's not there anymore. Well, yeah, like this is the thing. I would say Conor, like a prime Conor and a prime Khabib, I think they're two different, I think they're two different types of fighter. 
it's just like I don't think they're the same thing. I think Connor is the early model fighter, and like basically the sport has kind of moved on. While he like played, I'm a businessman. While he's not playing, while he's I'm a businessman, the fight game has moved on extremely. Massively, yeah. It's you know, it's incredible, isn't it? That he's he's. I mean, he basically pissed about for two or three years. And what did he expect was going to happen with Dustin Poirier? You think he's just going to sit down and let you beat him? Well, like this is the thing. Like you don't do anything for two or three years, okay? Like you're going to be rusty. The only difference is, okay, you don't do comedy for two two or three years. Yeah, you might bomb on a few on a few nights before you find your feet. Like you don't do podcasting you might like yeah you it might not be the best interviews you might have for the first couple of times while you find your feet no one's there ready to pound on your face for like screwing up on those scenarios fight game yeah <laughs> no but it's an interesting point that you made because i am intrigued i i don't think i can answer it in terms of like how comedians are able to keep their motivation and like fighters top tier fighters are not are not able to it's it's maybe because I would say maybe the money's not great, but no, that's not true at all. Because like Jerry Seinfeld is makes a similar sort of money for his Netflix, so it, it's it's something. I think I think it's because it's less risky with comedy for the most part in terms of you're not going to get killed if you bow on stage mostly unless you're in South Africa. Because I had a comic who said to me. If you bomb on stage in South Africa in some parts, you may die twice. Okay. But... <laughs> it's like, um, uh, you weren't funny, my friend. Okay. Yeah, you died. You really died on stage. Now walk off the stage into that field. Don't you worry. Here's a necklace for you. No, no. It would be quite a film, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I like, put it this way you, like, uh, your material will be fresh in South Africa. All the damn time. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you've got to really be committed to be a comedian in South Africa. That's what I've got to say. It's like, yeah, you want to be doing comedy? Yeah. Okay, good luck. Get on stage. Make them laugh. It's, it's something interesting. I mean, I think for the most part, comedy isn't as life and death as, as, as boxing or, or these fighting sports. Hmm. It's not, but it's a case of, how can I put it? It's not life and death, agreed, but it's still a case of, does your career like live or die? Like if you've taken a number of losses in comedy, like how like it's like, yeah, like if you've like bombed and bombed and bombed and bombed and bombed, like, and it goes on for weeks, months, years, like what does that do to a comics like confidence belief in oneself you know well if it gets to a point where i think you're do as long as you're making people laugh i mean then, then there's something there but if, if you're bombing for years and years for every gig you're doing then that's just and then there's a point where where you should probably stop but i mean like if as long as you see that there's something then keep going because there's you have to see that there's something because you can't keep doing something if you're not seeing anything. That's just daft. Mm. Oh, a bit of realism. I mean, I mean, I think obviously you hear a lot of 
battle stories or you see something but they 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 the reason why they keep going in scenarios where they feel where you may see that there's something against them and it's impossible yeah is because they know something you you can't see or they've seen some sort of result that keeps them going yeah no like this is the thing i would think everyone needs a sort of how can i say like not a, um well yeah a nugget or an amber of hope like that sort of thing what can like that amber which can lead to a spark and basically lead to a bet like a bigger spark and lead to a bigger another bigger spark because like the whole thing is it's very rare that like be it in fighting like racing comedy writing that it just happens overnight every overnight success you see has had a long story of like yeah uh triumphs and failures and basically the failures are the things which we mostly learn from and yeah it's helped them refine whatever craft they are or whatever skill they need to get up for yourself get up on stage for them like for other people to perform and yeah to succeed it's just like it's not just yeah cut and dry yeah it happens one thing i want to do though just want to stop i'm going to turn the light on because it looks a bit odd okay. it, it's I, i'm doing it in my what's it called in my here we go that's a bit oh, okay no eyes yes oh yeah there you go yeah lit up you've got a little halo going on yeah, you're looking angelic right there. There you go. It's like, yes. He has ascended to the next level. Mm. Oh, comedy heaven. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. But with like with regards to seeing like, yeah, you've done fifteen hundred shows. Like the sort of path of growth for yourself. Like when you did your first show to now, what that journey, how you, like, what would you say has been some of the key things which you've changed since that first show up until now? So, I mean, when I first started, I was to an extent trying to follow what I saw on TV. I wasn't trying to be them, but I was doing what, what they used to do. And then I, I go, I, first year, I just tried a lot of wacky crap. Right. Uh, any sort of crap and then some of that would do really well i'll go on with a piece of paper forget like with a couple of notes and then i'll kill and then i'll try and write try and do what other comics do where they spend try and write a perfect joke and all of that mm -hmm. um i had one year where i did a couple of years ago where i had a full-time job i tried working busking i tried working on this that I did too many things at one go and ended up being bad at all of them. <laughs> uh, I had years where I tried being like other comics where, you know, this is, I let other com comics like approval where they feel it's just, comedy has to be a certain way. You know, mm -hmm. punchline and following this and that. But I tried doing it like other comics where they do things a certain way. But it didn't work for me. I tried to be like other comics to fit in a bit more, but it didn't kind of work. So now I know what my thing is. I know what my 
USP is. I know what I'm good at in comedy, and I know when I go on stage now, it's automatic. Like my persona, who mm. I am on stage, is there, and that's it. Makes things a lot easier when when you have that on stage because you don't need the jokes to be perfect for you to be funny. Yeah, no, because like this is the thing: trying to find your like anyone trying to find their authentic self. It's not easy. It's like, it's difficult because you've got to ask yourself some questions, you know? But it's like treating life like a game and a bit of fun and mm. just enjoying it. So if, if something doesn't work, no worries, go and do something else. If this doesn't work, go on and do something else. Or just, just treat life like a roller coaster. Have a bit of fun with it. Mm. No. I agree. Like the whole thing is like, there were times where I'd say you got to say, take life sometimes seriously. Um, like, but there are times where, yeah, I don't think enough people sort of go through the motion of enjoying life as much as they should. They don't sort of, how can I say, embrace some of the experiences which are out there because yeah, 1500 times and then some, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's you got to let it go you got to let some things go, what I mean by that. So, like, um, some people will stick to certain things because they have to do it. Like, I don't know if... You know, some Sometimes I see in comedy people do the same jokes that they've been doing for four or five years, and it's been quite mediocre. And they do the same things, but they're not evolving. They're not letting things go. And, oh, right, fair enough, that's not working. I'm not interested in that. I'm going to try something else. Mm. Okay, that bit worked. I'll keep that. I'm going to try something else. Okay, that bit didn't work. No worries. I'll try something else. Yeah. Oh, that bit worked. Oh, I'll keep that. But that bit didn't work, but this bit worked. I'll keep that. Oh, and then go on and on and on. Mm. Yeah, but like this is where I think when you mentioned Louis C.K., him doing an hour and a half bit each and every year, that like that's him embracing exactly what you've said about, okay, yeah, letting go. Because when you do an hour and a half, like, a special especially in comedy it's not like it's not like music where people want you to crank out the same old hits it's like i i've heard that joke before show me something new you know what i mean it's well he says that's what made him a better comic because he um before he was doing it for 10 20 years and he was he was okay but it wasn't anything special mm -hmm. and then he started doing an hour every year because it forced him to get better. And also what he did, I think, if I hear him right, is he would put new goats at the beginning of his set when he's developing new material so that it would have to be very good. Mm. He puts that pressure on. Whilst a lot of comics, what they tend to do is they put the strong stuff at the start and at the end and let it develop. Mm. I don't tend to do that. I will just... If I have a new stuff I or something that I'm interested in, I will wing it on stage when I'm developing it. If it works for a bit, then I keep it. If it doesn't, after I've tried it a few times, no worries, I'll try something else. Mm. Right. So would you say you take some of, like, not copy Louis C.K., but put some of his practices into play where you, like, okay, each year you, like, work on a new half hour, a new 45 minutes, a new hour? Uh, not necessarily that. I think I will try and work on a different aspect that I want to work on, or I try and achieve different things each year on the way to achieving what I want. I think that's what I try and do. 
Interesting. So this year I'll try and get better at this. Next year I'll do this. Yeah. Then I'll do this. I don't do do a five year plan, but each year I try and focus on different things and treat it like a ladder. Right. Like a ladder. Why a ladder? So you complete one thing at a time rather than everything at once. So I'll sort this problem out. And when you sort out one problem, you often sometimes sort other problems that you have that you didn't think. And then I work on this thing. Then I work in that thing. And then obviously you change your person and then you've got new things to sort out. And it goes. Okay. So continuous growth, no like sort of final destination. I like that. I have a, I have a destination in mind, but I think that that often changes. Okay. Uh, if if we fast forward many, 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 many decades, a long life had like comedy gold left, right, and center. What would that destination be at this present time? You have to wait and see, folks, and see. <laughs> He's funny. He's funny. He's <laughs> like, like, okay. Okay, should I say, what would elements of that picture look like? Not a full picture, just one or two sparks, like one or two bits. Well, I've got my one or two sparks of that. Um, so let me think about hard and long about that question. So one, of, I think the elements of that yeah. is as long as I'm doing my own thing that's unique and my own unique brand, which I already sort of have, but it's not complete and it's not sort of, it's not. Yeah, I, I've got my own sort of unique brand in comedy, so I've already got that covered. Okay. Um, is to not be subservient to anyone. To be my own sort of boss in comedy. Okay. Ah. Ruler of his own domain. Ah. Forging his own future. Ah. Like it. Like it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> so I have to ask. Now, with regards to, like, what would you say, what has been a TV show, film, book, which has kind of inspired you the most? Uh, or with regards to the realm of comedy? Or like, yeah, with other things you want to achieve in life? So what book? Okay, I have to have a think about that. Uh, book, TV show. Yeah, or film. Film. I think... Um... I think a scene that I think really is amazing is that scene in Batman with the Dark Knight Rises where he gets out of that pit. And I think that very much describes the greatest victory anyone can ever have. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, I know the one you're talking about. Uh, like basically, yeah, Batman trying to get out Bruce Wayne again and again and again, failing, failing, failing. And until he actually went out, out and did it without the rope. 
that's when he succeeded. Yeah. Mm. I like that scene. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. Very cool. It's brilliant. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying it's very cool. I like it because, yeah, like that's one of the things where what we sometimes need to embrace because, yeah, you, you try to do everything with a safety rope. That's the times where you can most probably be held back and, yeah, fall, have to get back up, do it again. And when there is nothing around you to so-called keep you safe, where you know you've got to actually just go out there and do it, and if you don't, that, that's it, game over, you'll be surprised how far you can push yourself, you know? Don't give yourself an out. Hey, Absolutely. Well, like this is the thing. If you're gonna get like if you're gonna give yourself an out, be careful because it might be the the out might be the very thing what stops you from achieving what you want to achieve, you know? Yeah. Mm. I think it's part of the joy as well. If you already know all the answers and you have everything you want, then it's not really fun. It's when you don't know everything or you don't have it, you know, taking that risk that it could go this way or that way. It's like, that's what makes it in, makes it interesting. Hmm. No, indeed. Very good, though. That's a very valid point. Very valid point, indeed. So, with this, I have to, I have to know, this is going to most probably be the one where I have to probe your mind a little bit more, peek behind the curtain a little bit deeper, we, we shall see. Now, now, you know, like, you know the Muppets? You know Sesame Street? Yes. Used to be a big fan. Well, not a big fan, but I used to be a fan of it. Okay, great. Now, pick a film, like, pick a favorite film, what comes to mind. Do you have a film, what comes to mind at this present time? My favorite film is probably The Departed. Okay. Now, with The Departed, now what I want you to do with your mind's eye is replace the whole cast of The Departed except one actor with the cast of The Muppets. Which Muppet's going to be? Which Muppet's going to be playing which role? Or who's going to be the human? Okay, so I think I'll keep uh, my favorite character in that film is Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Okay. So I'll keep him as the human, and everyone else, um, I'll the pre the the lady uh, Sullivan's uh, missus will be the the, the pig. Um, oh, Sullivan will be um, <laughs> will be. I don't know all the characters, but I, I, the 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 pink, the the purple one. I don't know. Purple one. Cookie Monster, Grover. Tell you what, let let's let's pick which which is a program that I know more of the characters of. Okay, let's pick Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> that'll be. <laughs> I'll pick some Pokemon. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like yeah. So. Who would be Ash Ketchum? Yeah. So Ash Ketchum would be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you want a? You can't. Okay. Yeah. No. Let, let's go. Yeah. Ca carry on. Yeah. The. Um, okay. So the 
the woman that solo do you know the departed do you know those characters in the and I, I can remember them vaguely. The Departed, I've watched it about two or three times. It's one of those things where ah, it's a film where I like I enjoyed the first time, I enjoyed it the second time, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite films are Departed, but my yeah. favorite TV series is The Sopranos. The Sopranos, okay, yeah. Do you know that one more? Like the hey, like this is this is your this is your mental exercise right now. Uh, yeah, I know the Sopranos a little bit, but yeah, who would you like? Which ones would be the Muppets, and which would you keep as the main cast member, human cast member, in the Sopranos? And you, I'm gonna use Pokemon because that would be that's why. I know. Uh, Tony Soprano will be the human, right? No, 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 no. I like Paul Gertieri. He will be the human. Uh, the Soprano, I'll put um, Tony Soprano, I'll put Blastoise. <laughs> right. Uh, Mewtwo, Mew I'll put um, JJ, AJ, and then I'll put um, Mew as the daughter. <laughs> Uh, Camelo Soprano would be um, would be <laughs> would be Pikachu. Uh, okay. Um, Raichu would be uh, would be um, Junior Soprano. <laughs> Christopher Moltisanti would be um, would be who's the who's the tempo one? Who's the would be Electro Buzz. <laughs> Check this guy out. Okay, yeah. Um, who else is there? In the main characters. So you got Paulie the oh what's his face again? What's the name of the guy that has the funny mouth? You got Paulie Gertieri. You got um I this guy's name mistakes me. Bobby Bacala. Would be um, would be Hitmochan. <laughs> okay, okay. And the one that I would say, not poorly, Vinny. Uh, I'm gonna look this. I should know this character, but I would look it up anyway. Um, characters. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Silvio Dante, yes. Uh, Silvio Dante would be. Uh, hmm. I'll put Silvio Dante as Bulbasaur. <laughs> uh, interesting. Interesting. Now, you know what, Marvin? You see, this has revealed a lot about you already. Like, yeah. Like, you're a man who plays by your own rules. You're like, yeah, if you like, if you if there was a chessboard and you were losing, you most really just kick that chessboard over and like, yeah, start all over again. Ah, I like it. I like it, my friend. I like it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you're a bit of a crazy fiend. <laughs> it's like I was like, nah, forget the Muppets. I want. Pokemon. It's like, it's like, oh, the Pokemon. It's like, okay. No, just like, 
<laughs> I just sat now picturing Pikachu with like, yeah, a slightly American Italian accent. Pikachu, yeah. <laughs> okay, very nice, very nice. Hey, Pika, my name is Pika. Pika, Pika, yeah. Pika, 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 Pika. <laughs> Giving it all of that, yeah. That's how you see it. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Bravo, bravo. To Some be honest, uh, maybe I should have picked Lion King. <laughs> no, no, stay away from that no i don't need the mouse house after me no <laughs> it's like having that like have a disney lawyer after me like i owe them money yeah no <laughs> it's like stay away from lion king okay <laughs> brilliant uh can you tell i'm sorry but it has come to that time can you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you out on those interwebs so if you want to find out about me, um, I'm on all social medias at The Flopmaster. Um, if you want to watch a comedy show, you can look up for Instant Laughs. And if you want to hear my conversational thoughts with fascinating comedians from across the globe, uh, you can go to The Comedian's Paradise. It's on all major podcasting platforms. Perfect. Perfect. Marvin has been a pleasure it has been an honor you're a sick man for doing that to pokemon no. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and i'd like to say thank you to you my friends my life warriors for sticking with us up until this point in the show it has been a great show uh, i've enjoyed my time here and yes i've once again, thank you again. So please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Thank you very much, guys. Yes. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, and we are.